Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. Welcome back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner. I'm Kevin Bowen, Joey Molinaro. As always, across the way. Um, my voice still struggling, man. I was at a bachelor party in Nashville, and I just I feel Ooh. like I don't don't fully got it back yet. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, I can tell. Sounds like it, but it must have been you had a hell of a time. Yeah, it was. Um, some of us probably had better or worse times, depending on how you look at it. But um, survive in advance with those. You know, pray that I don't have too many more left in the rest of my life because I don't know how many more I got in me. You got a plan one here soon. I do. Yeah, I got I got Ryan Bowen's bachelor coming up in May. So uh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do French Lick. Ooh, get a little, a little golf. golf course. There you go. Get a little gambling action. Figures. That's very fitting for the Bowen clan. Right, right. You ever been down there? I haven't. My dad loved it though. Did he? Yeah. Are you? So. You aren't a huge casino gambler. Uh, I mean, I can get into it. You know, for yeah. doing it, let's do it. Not I guess fun with it. We did it at our work party. We had a little right casino night here at Emmis, and that that was a fun time. But uh, but in all, yeah, I mean Nashville is. <laughs> It is a great, great city, but man, they will take your wallet and they will seek out vulnerability and try to expose that. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they'll do that and they'll beat up your body. Really, it's just an all in all. You get beaten up on you all do. ends. You do, so. you do. And there's almost so much country music that can soothe you back to health. But here I am, Tuesday there afternoon. Come. All right, three, two, one. But here we are, Tuesday afternoon, back, another edition of the pod. Um, Joey, it's crazy that we are two weeks away from the NFL Combine and then just under, a, I guess a little bit over a month away from free agency starting. And uh, this is like the last lull of the offseason. Really, well, I shouldn't say that. Like early April can kind of be a bit of a lull, but think about it. Combine, February 25th. That's about a week, and then you get into March, early March rumors and re-signings and things like that. Then free agency starts, and that's a hectic week or two. And then, boom, you have early April, kind of a quiet period. And then OTA start mid-April, and boom, NFL draft April 23rd. So uh, we are about to get into it a little bit more. So on today's pod, I wanted to look at some of those potential free agents. I know a lot of people are very curious week in and week out. Uh, just like, okay, give me some names, names, names. And uh, there are some names that, that, that definitely intrigue me that I think that there could potentially be some uh, mutual interest in as well from the Colts standpoint. Um, so we will hit on that. Twitter questions as always. Um, and then I guess we should probably start off with a potential, potential um, this would be a cannonball type splash the Colts could make in free agency. Right. And you have an article up on 1075thefan.com right now detailing that. Plus, we've seen the rumors, we've seen the reports yesterday from Ian Rappaport about how Philip Rivers, that's right, Philip Rivers, mutually parted ways with the Chargers after all these years, how he could be a fit here in Indianapolis. What are your thoughts? Phil, Phil, Phil. You know, we touched on it a few podcasts ago. I don't think we've really um, 
had a full segment on. I think it was just a Twitter question a few weeks back. But I think a couple things of why we are going to contribute a segment to it right now. For one, the Chargers announced yesterday that they will not be bringing back um, Phil, that's with one L, Philip um, Rivers, for I think a 17th NFL season. I believe he's been in the league for 16 years. So they're moving on. And I think this is kind of widely known, but again, to hear a team say that a month before free agency, it's not the most normal thing in the world. Granted, Philip Rivers has you know produced a career for that franchise that deserves, I think, um, to you know be have the team let him know this um, you know well before free agency starts. And then when you see a lot of the national pundits and reports indicate that they feel like the Colts could be the best fit or would be the best fit, whatever you want to call it, that brings to a lot of attention around where Rivers could end up. So uh, post something on 1075thefan.com, kind of weighing the the pros and cons of, um, you know, Phillip Rivers and a move to Indianapolis. And I guess before I get into those, let me reiterate what I've said now for several podcasts. I'm much more team draft versus team free agent when you're trying to fill the quarterback need. Um, so I, I will stand by that because I think this is a long-term issue that you have to look into with um, just a tremendous amount of resources that you do have during the draft. But I, I think the reason why people are connecting the dots and why there are some possible pros for this move, which, man, judging by my Twitter feed right now, I don't know if anyone out there believes there are many pros. I mean, there are a lot of people that are like, F that. Like, that is the worst move in the world. But um, I think it's worth giving some merit to. So, the Frank Wright connection is by far the most um, important and I think easy to kind of compare reason for why such a marriage would make sense. Frank Reich was a quarterback's coach in San Diego in 2013. Rivers had a career-high in completion percentage. Uh, the next two years, Reich was the offensive coordinator, and ironically enough, Nick Sirianni, I believe was the wideouts coach for the Chargers before that, he then moved over to be the quarterback's coach. So your two most important offensive decision-makers in your organization have direct familiarity with Philip Rivers. Now, it's not just that they coach this guy, it's that, they gush over this guy. Um, you know, Frank Reich has made various comments over the year, whether it was years, whether it was, um, you know, back in his days in San Diego of saying he didn't realize how smart Rivers was until he got there and feels like he's one of the top 10 smartest players in the NFL, regardless of position. And then even this past September, when these two teams met, Colts and Chargers, in that week one matchup out in L.A., you had Reich saying, and I'll quote here, Phillip is an elite quarterback in this league. He has proven that year in and year out. He is a tough competitor. He is everything you want in a quarterback. He is elite. Elite accuracy, elite toughness, playmaking. That's gushing. Frank Reich loves him, so Phillip Rivers. Loves him. Um, you know, Think about the traits that we talk about, Joey. Like, that is something that I think we have to acknowledge as well. You know, we, we mentioned it. Um, for those that missed it in written form, it, it's up on our website. 
Um, but we've definitely talked about it at various points in this podcast. There are specific quarterback traits that Frank Reich, Nick Sirianni, and Chris Ballard see in elite quarterbacks. For Reich, it's accuracy, it's cognitive ability, and then it's kind of just toughness slash leadership. And I think you can kind of throw both of those into the same bag. I mean, listen to that quote he just said. He is elite, elite accuracy, elite toughness. Play. I mean, there are exact quotes. And again, before people just turn off the podcast, we're, we will make the argument about this dude is 38 years old. Oh, yeah. and how elite is he really? And how much of an improvement is this really? But, um, you know, I, I think that there is a very real possibility of there's still a lot of mutual love between Frank Reich and Philip Rivers. Um, so in a way, I almost feel like, is this more of a Reich move if it were to happen than a Ballard move? I mean, obviously Ballard would have to sign off, but this goes back to the, you know, collaboration with, with your coaching staff and all of that. Um, so, I mean, from an accuracy standpoint, Rivers has been, I think he was 68% last year, 66 the year before. Those are numbers that are better than obviously what you have here in Jacoby Brissett. Um, and then lastly, I think we can acknowledge, and this is in the pro category before we move on to cons. I think Phillip Rivers, if you're going to go play a game of football tomorrow, I think he would be an improvement over Jacoby Brissett. I think it's an improvement over the current situation. Um, it, it's a little bit difficult, I think, just to look at Rivers' numbers last year and immediately plug him into the Colts' offense and be like, oh my gosh, huh, this would be a 10-1 football team with him under center. couple things. The skill talent Philip Rivers played with in the uh, for the Chargers, much better, much better than what the Colts have. McKeenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry, you know, a banged-up T.Y. Hilton versus a Zach Paschal and a Jack Doyle. Like, I think we can all consider that the Chargers' skill talent is better. Now, having said that, the offensive line mm-hmm. – Nowhere, nowhere near the same level. Um, so I, I, I think that's something that, you know, saying that Rivers is an improvement over Jacoby Brissett, I don't think that's a hyperbole. I think the more difficult question, again, is just how much of an improvement is Phillip Rivers. And again, this is a 2020 answer that I'm going with. I'm not talking five, ten years down the road. I'm talking the here and now. It's an improvement, I think, over your current situation. So where would Chris Ballard fit into that, though? Because you mentioned all of everything about Reich, but then the next question, like we talked about, is, okay, is there any inclination of how Ballard feels? And I think that this is where maybe Reich is more in the pro camp, just based on, you know, past comments. And, and there is evidence of why Frank Reich would like Phillip Rivers. And there's evidence for Chris Ballard liking him, but then also – it comes down to me where Ballard might fall more into the con category. Strictly just comes from this is a Band-Aid move. This is a quick fix. You are gushing blood, and you are putting a cocktail napkin over the cut, and, it, and it's not stopping it. Like, th- that's what this is. Um, because to me, when I talk about quarterback, I think it's that important. We talked about it on last week's podcast. I just have that much you know, belief that quarterback means so much for NFL teams that um, this would be a two-year stopgap. You know, Rivers said that yesterday. He he mentioned or earlier this week 
Uh, I think Sam Farmer from the uh, L.A. Times had it, that uh, this is a two-year max thing. Philip Rivers said two-year at the most he will play. Possibility is one year. He's like, I'm going to play one year and stink and decide to retire. I mean, well, that sounds awful yeah, yeah. if hey, you're a Colts fan. What a great pitch for your free agency. Right? And, you know, so that's where I am at. It's the biggest con. This is a 38-year-old quarterback that um, doesn't achieve Chris Ballard's famous phrase of sustained success. Now, having said that, what happens if you coupled the signing of Rivers with the 13th overall pick on a young quarterback? Then what do you do with Jacoby? And we'll get into that. Let's let, let let's hold off on that into some Twitter questions because I, I did, did a little gaze on that, and uh, and I think we'll um, I think we'll get a few. But let's just say if you had Rivers for 2020 and maybe 2021, and you draft Jordan Love at 13. Now are you cooking with a little bit more of what fans like? Yeah, I like that recipe a lot better. So, and that is the, hey, we're not going to wait to try and win or at least improve our quarterback position for two more years when potentially Jordan Love would be ready or insert whatever quarterback you want to there. Um, that, to me, would be an absolute must. If you make this signing, you still need to look at the draft and be 100% honest with you because – one thing that I want to keep on coming back to is while the 2020 quarterback class, that might not offer this crystal clear quarterback of like, that is our guy. We got to go get him. You also have to be honest with yourself and say, what happens if you go win 10 games next year? And all of a sudden, you're drafting 10 spots lower. That Washington pick that's sitting there at 34, that's out the window you're not in the same sort of resource situation. Now you've given Phil Rivers $20 million a year, and you've paid some other you know people, and you don't have this abundance of cap space. So that's, I think, what we have to come back to in, um, in, in being honest of saying, this signing better not stunt the long-term view at quarterback for the Colts. To me, I think they should double back on it if they were to make this move. And again, this is a big if. Um but I feel like you would have to look at the draft with a similar view. And then, of course, you run into it all right. You've spent that money on Rivers. You've handed that draft pick to a quarterback. Where are you taking care of some of these other needs? Um, which are all fair questions. Uh, another thing is, what's left in Philip Rivers' tank? You know? Is he a guy that is driving back from the bachelor party on a Sunday and just he's got nothing? He's got nothing but the couch. He's going couch. He's going. He's going to get Donato's pizza when he gets home, and he's going to hope the wife is gone and just say, give me the remote. There's basketball on. I'll be asleep by the time the Oscars come on. Or is he, hey, I got one more night in me. Uh, You know, I'm going to go to Post Malone tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, is, is he feeling like all of a sudden full throttle? I'm gonna make sure that uh, I I proved everybody out there that the Philip Rivers maybe we saw you know two years ago is still there. Yeah. Um. Now you know Rivers, he certainly has a career that will be Hall of Fame debated at some point. But the biggest knock on him will be the lack of playoff success. It's a bit crazy to me, Joey, that Philip Rivers has made the postseason and then the Chargers made the postseason. One time in the last six years. I mean, 
in the last six years, do you think the Chargers have had more overall talent than the Colts? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially in the last three. Right, 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 right. And one time. Yeah. But what's interesting, though, is that, yes, he hasn't gotten to the pinnacle, but then, I mean, Colts fans know very well. He's been in the, especially early in his career, he was in the postseason a lot, and then he was always toying with it. He would beat the Colts a couple times. Yeah. You know, he would be in the divisional round, lose to the Patriots in the AFC championship. So, but again, is that, are we getting into the Venetary debate where it's like we can't judge this guy off of five, Uh, ten years ago? And I know, we, I mean, injuries, we can't, I mean, he's been the most durable player, one of the most durable, durable players in NFL history, 224 straight starts. But this is not, you know, 2007, 2008, Phillip Rivers beating the Colts in the playoffs both the years. This is a guy that has won one, one playoff game in the last six years with what we think is a pretty talented roster, or at least that wasn't necessarily the thing holding that team back so, so much. And that's where you get into... Um, my last uh, point of how much of an improvement is Rivers of like, do you get into two years down the road where you've signed him, you haven't drafted another quarterback, you've maybe won eight or nine games, 10 games, who knows, but you still haven't done anything in, in the terms of sustained success, the long-term answer at quarterback, or found even short-term success. Like, you can't I, – I don't look at this Colts team and think, wow, they were 7-9 with uh, Jacoby Brissett. You know, Phillip Rivers, they go 12-4, and four, and they get to the AFC title game. I don't say that. Yeah. And, and I, I just don't think that – I think it comes back to you're getting into the quarterback purgatory. And you want to avoid that. Even if they draft somebody at 13, who's their guy? Okay, you could maybe talk me into that a little bit more, and I would need to see support come via free agency and other draft picks as well to solve some of these needs. Um, And I don't see Chris Ballard panicking and being like, hey, we have, I mean, we have got, if we feel like we can go from 7, 9 to 8 and 8, we're going to do it. Like, I, I don't think he looks at it necessarily like that because there are reverse cons of him. I mean, if you look at his interception rate, Last four years, I think he's finished top five twice in terms of you know most picks, um, most passes intercepted. Um, it just, you know, some people probably sit here, Joey, and think to themselves, I want no part of, I, I'd rather see Chad Kelly, which sounds crazy, but some people might say, I'd rather see Chad Kelly in your tank or whatever. Then see Philip Rivers and you go nine and seven. Some people might say now, other people might be like, screw that. I want to cheer for some wins and get to the month month of December and think to myself, hey, this football team could still make the playoffs. I'd like to see Philip Rivers play behind an offensive line like this. And I'd like to see Philip Rivers play a home game for once in his career. <laughs> right? I mean, like, you know, I, I who knows if that's a difference in, you know, three or three or more wins or whatever, making the Colts 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 with him but I, I don't know I mean I feel like <laughs> Kevin I, you know, I know you'll give your opinion probably but I, I just really do I think that if that's going to be the case Colts fans can't feel too bad about having a guy like that come in for a year or two trade up get a guy or draft somebody at 13 and be like okay 
with Rivers and with this roster, we're still going to be in the heat of things without having to go through an awkward quarterback transition where we suck. Yeah, I, I don't. Okay, I'm not like this is the dumbest move in the world. Like, what the hell is going on? I don't look at it like that. I, I'm definitely not in love with it by any means yeah. because, again, I like the longer-term view. I personally like throwing a quarterback into the fire a little bit more. Um, you know, Phillip Rivers, <laughs> I, I know if he strikes me as maybe the greatest groomer in the world. I mean, sure. this is a competitive, you know, you know what, that – is going to be wanting to have all his eggs in the basket of trying to win. So, and again, how much better is he than Jacoby Brissett? Yes, he's playing behind a better offensive line, but also how many plays did Brissett make just keeping things alive last year? Yeah. Phillip Rivers can't move. I would beat Phillip Rivers in a 40-yard dash. If he comes here, we definitely got to try to set that up. We do. We yeah. do. Yeah, I just felt my hamstring tighten up as soon as I said that. <laughs> um Definitely quicker rhythm. You know, J- Jacoby took the ball, you know, really struggled to get r- r- rid of the ball at times last year, and Rivers has always been a guy that gets rid of the ball um, very quickly. So, um, just, it's a debate, you know, we'll probably have for the next month. I, I don't sit here and say there's some great suitors out there for Rivers. That, that's another thing. Right, right, which I know that's why the odds makers in Vegas have put the Colts and I think the Bucks seem to be the other most likely fit as well, but... I mean, there's evidence from a yards per attempt, from a completion percentage, that this would be an immediate upgrade. How long of an upgrade? Not very long. How much of an upgrade? That's to be de- to be debated as well. And man, it's gonna be fun next month. Let's keep it going with the free agency talk here, KB. Uh, we've seen over a list of full list of 2020 free agents sorted by the position coming up in the nfl in a month from now so let's just stay talking about the quarterback we've talked about philip rivers who are some of the other guys yeah and we won't hit on every position here but we'll definitely hit on a few of the key ones that i feel like the colts have the most needs in um quarterback to me i've kind of always said it bridgewater would be the guy that i would pursue a little bit more now again does he have a ceiling of a guy that you think is a top 10 quarterback in this league because that's the type of money I think Teddy Bridgewater would command yeah. on the open market. I, I think that... Going to try to cash in. So, yeah, exactly. Some team is going to say, all right, this is it. Like, uh, you are our guy. Um, so he's the main guy I like, Joey. But honestly, I know that quarterback list has some intriguing names. But, you know, Matthew Stafford or David Carr via trade, maybe... Again, I don't I don't love either of those two, but those other free agents, you know, Tannehill, Mariota, Breeze, Brady, uh Winston. No, no, no. I am I am team draft a quarterback. For sure. Over those options, yeah, without a doubt. All right, let's go down to a uh, receiver. And that was I put it up on, on 1075thefan.com, uh, an article that you can find too that people were examining if the Colts signed Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, or AJ Green. Mm. AJ, not all of them together, yeah. obviously, but uh-huh. just what would happen if they were to go there? AJ Green, one of the receivers that's out on the market this this year. He is, and when you look at that list, Joey, it it's bleak. You know, it is not a bunch of household names. Top heavy, but then bleak. Right, right, right. Yeah, there are a couple names at, at the top, and obviously with AJ Green, you got to debate injury and you got to debate age. Amari Cooper is to me the clear cut number one guy 
on that list. Um, we talked about it on last week's podcast. Mike Grow, the new wide wideouts coach, um, having some past history. Uh, I think he was either involved in the recruitment of Cooper or coached him at least for a year at Alabama. So, you know, that that is something to try and connect some dots to. But, I mean, the group is sad. It is a sad group of wideouts. Robbie Anderson, <laughs> Joey, he seems like a signing that would get a GM fired. Mm. You know, there is some potential. I, I, I think there is some. But man, does, wouldn't he make you sleep uneasy at night? For sure. And Especially you wouldn't be big hand- money. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be handing him Cooper type money, but you'd be handing him, I'd assume Funches type money from last year, sure. or and you'd probably be, you know, tack a few more years onto that. So, uh, I mean, outside of the group, it's a couple names that I'm like, oh, would you kick the tires on a Laquan Treadwell, former number, you know, former first round pick again? I don't really know what good that's gonna do. Yeah, I mean, you aren't giving him anything of significant value. Um, DeAnthony Thomas, you know, is a former chief that, you know, could give you maybe some playmaking with with, with the ball in his hands. But, no, they, it, it's a group that it goes back to why I think Funch is coming back is a, is a possibility. What about Nelson Aguilar? Yeah, he, he was a name I thought about. Obviously, Reich being in, in Philly. Seems like um, kind of a Ballard signing, too, similar to Funches. Maybe change scenery, young. For sure, and that's what I was kind of getting at with, with, with Treadwell, of like these former first-round picks that Ebron, obviously, yeah, you would you would throw in. And I am all for, like, Vic Beasley. We get that question so often. I'm all for that. Like, literally, you know? I mean, kick tires on these guys. I'm not saying three years, $30 million. Especially if they're going to be cheap, you know? Cheap, bring them in, kick those tires, and move on. But Aguilar, yes. Um, who'd you rather have, Funches or Aguilar? Mm. I'm watching the Eagles all or nothing right now on Amazon Prime, and Aguilar's not not, not doing himself any favors. But well, Funches didn't do himself any no, favors know, on that all know, or nothing last year. It, it just you know from what I've seen, like it, it just seems like it might be a better fit. And then the connection, like you mentioned, with Reich and everything, I think would be big. And that, it seems like one of those that you could say, oh, okay, yeah. And then he could come in and change the scenery. Plus, being back with Frank Reich could be. And, a good and thing. even uh, Mike Mike Grow, who came over from ah, Philly, yes, he yes, was yes, the yes. Eagles' offensive coordinator and their wideouts coach before. Uh, Frank Reich took the job here in Indianapolis. So, again, um, a group that I just don't love at all, to be honest with you. Some interesting names on the tight end list. And I think this list, Joey, outside of defensive line, um, you know, I, I feel like this has the best option of younger guys that have high-end number one sort of potential, which that's hard to find in free agency. We know that. But this position group, I think, has that with Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry. Both guys are 25. Um, You know, Henry has given big play potential. Um, Start the Phillip Rivers-Hunter Henry package to to Indianapolis. Um, You know, Hooper's been a guy that, you know, how much has he benefited from, obviously, a lot of attention to Julio Jones and one of the deeper wideout groups in the NFL. In the article that I that I summed up um, from ESPN that predicted the 2020 offseason when the domino happened of the Colts signing Phillip Rivers, also part of that was they bring in Austin Hooper. So, okay. you know, yeah, whatever Which, that means. But Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm probably more team draft to tight end just because I feel like, I don't know, there's 
I always think today's college game has afforded you some really nice, the hybrid sort of receiving tight ends. Mm -hmm, But having said that, there are some tight ends in the free agency group that we won't even get into some of the names, but Hooper and Henry being being really atop that list that I think uh, could be good fits here. So uh, this is a group that I think is um, a little bit more intriguing than most on the offensive side of the ball. Switching over to defense, a lot of big names, um, literally and phys- physically, uh, on the D-line front. Yeah, that, that, that's an understatement, man. I mean, where'd he even begin? Uh, Jadavian Clowney, Yannick Ngakwe, Eric Armstead, Chris Jones, you know, the, the, the past former high draft picks of Beasley or Shaq Lawson or Leonard Williams, um, Shaq Barrett. I mean... I'd be stunned if the Colts came out of free agency and didn't make a move that was somewhat notable on the defensive line. I just think there is different flavors, whether it's more straight interior, more straight D-end, more of a hybrid three technique, um, different ages, different schemes. I mean, there is a lot that you can look into at this defensive line position, and you know, you're bringing in a new D-line coach in, in Brian Baker. Who knows if he is uh, – went to high school with a, with a Brian Baker. Um, we work with a Brian Baker. We do. Yeah. Gosh, great call. Yeah. Um, no one probably gives two shits about either <laughs> of those tidbits. But um, there are some names, Joey, and there's a variety of contracts I think you could hand out. And I am, I am a big fan of tapping into this group in free agency. You know, Clowney and Armstead and Jones stand out to me. And Gakwe, from a pass rush standpoint, you know, he's he, he's right up there in terms of potential and rare to see these types of talents at that position hit the open market. Now, will he hit the open market is a question. And then secondly, rundowns have been an issue for him. So how effective is he, you know, on those rundowns? Um, so I really like this group. I mean, even guys like DJ Reader, Jerron Reed, um, mm-hmm. Malik Collins. I mean, there are some Derek Wolf, tight end and D-line, Joey. Those seem to be the two positions for me in free agency that I think have nice depth and match up to the Colts' needs. Then lastly, let's finish with cornerback. Not as deep or as big of names on this list. No, not, not really. And... I guess that's okay. It's not the biggest need in the world for the Colts. I always think, you know, if I'm running the operation, I'm looking at a corner every year. Can we upgrade? Is there something that, um, you know, more of a shadow role, more of a more of a slot guy, more of a zone guy, whatever you want to say there. Uh, Byron Jones is probably the biggest name, maybe outside of Chris Harris in the cornerback group, but I think Jones is a guy that has, you know, a little bit more long-term potential. Um, there are a few of those, again, former number one picks. Eli Apple, whose mom probably doesn't make you want to sign him. <laughs> um, Darquez Denard in Cincinnati. I think Mackenzie Alexander was uh, was a former high pick. Again, what can you find here? I, I, I think back to Darius Butler. Second round pick, I think in 2009, I want to say, out of UConn. Gets cut by the Patriots. I think he had a brief stop in Carolina, maybe. Um, and the Panthers 
and Patriots both say no. The Colts sign him in the regular season in 2012, and he has a really nice run here. So, again, can you tap into any of that, whether it's different environment, different scheme, coaching, et cetera? Uh, that's a big part of what free agency is about. Cool. Let's do some Twitter questions. Let's go. All right, from Evan, what percent chance would you give to Jacoby being traded this offseason if Rivers indeed signs and they draft a quarterback? Oh, boy. If you do both, I mean, I would say You'd have to. Right? Yeah. I, I This gets back into kind of our numbers crunch we had a few podcasts ago. If you didn't, uh, Chad Kelly, I'd, I don't know where he'd go. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, from a number standpoint – Teams carrying three quarterbacks on their 53-man roster for an entire season, that's pretty rare. Um, and that would be some significant quarterbacks. I mean, we're talking Rivers, Brissett, and a draft pick. So um, I, I would assume that that's likely. I mean, I know last year, as much as, I mean, I think I certainly was clamoring for a trade for Jacoby Brissett because I thought it could lead to decent draft capital mm-hmm. in return. Um, I, I think I was under the impression that Jacoby Brissett had a little bit more um, trade value around the NFL. He did not, really, at all. Um, quantity or quality. Quantity of trades, quality of return value you'd be getting. So don't expect much is what I'm saying. Like, if you were to move him, especially if you sign Rivers and you draft a quarterback, that lessens the trade value of Jacoby Brissett because your leverage is out the window. So, um as long as that quarterback was drafted in the first four rounds, I'd assume that would happen. Yeah. Right? Trade him back to New England. Yeah. they take him. Boy. God, there's going to be so many quarterback dominoes. Yeah. It's exciting. It's getting up to this. Is, this, this has a feel of an NBA free agency. Yeah. It does. At yeah. the most important position in football, which we rarely say. For sure. All right, from Brian, if the Colts don't make a move at quarterback, are there any wideouts and tight ends in the draft that could catch the ball that is thrown behind them consistently? <laughs> well, I, I would hope, um, you know, from a quarterback or wideout standpoint, I love C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably my favorite, which I know the Jerry Judy truthers are, want to um, kill me. But, um, you know, the kid from Colorado, Chenault, the injury history worries me. I love what he can do after the catch. Um, Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk, I believe is the pronunciation on that. Again, I, I am, and I posted this on 1075thefan.com on Monday, Joey, and the Ballard quote, it sounds so elementary, but it, he sounds like a fan talking at a bar. It was like, I need find guys, I need to find guys that get the ball and score. Yeah. I don't get what's so hard about it. You know, exactly, you know. And I'll, I'll do one more beer. One more beer, you know. It's like, like that's – he's right, though. Yeah. You know, when is the last time the Colts have just had a dude that you throw a pass to, the pass travels 10 yards in the air, and that dude is going to go break two tackles? See, this is football talk here. They've had a lot of guys, but they haven't had a lot of dudes. You, you, you need dudes. Look at that. That was a spot on there by <laughs> – Joey Molinaro. There's nothing better than guys being dudes, no, too. So ex- exactly. You come full um, circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we ready to move uh, on to the next yeah, one? I need to drink some All right. water. All right. Chris uh, says, Chris here from Germany. 
I keep hearing how the Colts are an ideal team for a project quarterback like Love or Eason. Jacoby hasn't shown much improvement in three years. Do you really think the Colts are an ideal team for another project quarterback based on what we've seen with number seven? Okay, um, fair question. And I think they are, you know. Um, you know, I think it's really hard to just all of a sudden pigeonhole like, oh, just because one quarterback doesn't develop doesn't mean other quarterbacks can't develop in under a similar coaching staff. For one, Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni de- definitely didn't handpick Jacoby Brissett. You know, he was traded four by Chris Ballard under a new coaching staff. And um, I think different quarterbacks have different ceilings. You know, I, Jacoby Brissett was looked at as a stopgap to get you through the 2017 season. Mm-hmm. That's what he was looked at. You know, I, I don't think the Colts made that move and Chris Ballard was like, man, that guy can go on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium one day. Yeah. You know, like that, that just wasn't, wasn't the move. So, I don't think just because Brissett maybe hasn't taken massive strides that we all of a sudden should say, oh, Frank Wright can't develop quarterbacks. Um, you know, maybe you need to get him a quarterback that has a higher ceiling, that has more developmental traits, that has traits that, as Ballard and Reich always put it, we need to find a quarterback that at 13, it's going to be impossible to find the quarterback that checks every trait. Can you find the one that checks traits that you don't think you can develop, but then has traits has traits that you don't think you can develop, and then you can develop some other traits that all of a sudden turn this quarterback into the ideal package. That's what I think you have to find out in this draft class. From Robbie, just wondered your thoughts on the U.K. games now they're really established. Also, with the Jags having two games this year, will the Colts make the journey again? The Jags are hosting the Bears and Steelers, which they've already said will be played in Jacksonville. That makes us one of six options. Robbie, um, coming from I believe the UK. I don't know if you mentioned that in the oh, cool. in the question, but he DM'd me there. Um, so the Steelers and Bears said they aren't. It's already been confirmed gotcha. that they okay. are playing in that in Jackson. So thirty three percent chance. Wow. Um, well, a couple things about the Colts. I do feel like they are due for an international game soon. You know, twenty sixteen was four years ago. Um, you know. I guess that I'll ask you this. You might already know it. Mm-hmm. Who's the only NFL team that hasn't played an international game? Packers. God, you're good. <laughs> you're good, man. You're really good. Um, and people think all you do is impersonate famous people. Well, mom would. My mom would be very disappointed that I can know that. Remember that, but um, you know, I yeah. would get a D in math class. Right. So. Yeah, or, or forget Aunt Judy's birthday. Yep. Or whatever. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, the Packers. Packers-Colts this year at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's on the home schedule. Would the Colts have to give up a home game and go overseas? Hmm. Would that be like Mexico? Maybe Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, who, who knows? You know, it's something to where the they Colts are rivers, one of— maybe. Uh, the Colts are about—I want to say like half the NFL hasn't given up a home game yet. So, there are a good amount of teams. Because when the Colts went over there in 2016, they were giving up a home game. Uh, they they were not giving up hope and that was Jacksonville's home game. So I don't know if the attraction of Colts Jaguars overseas is really a great pull, but granted, I don't know how many other options you have with the five other teams. Um, let me look up Jacksonville's home schedule really fast here. Yeah, they kind of screwed them there, not having the Bears Steelers. Yeah, I mean Bears and Steelers both have a large fan contingent and. Obviously, your Steelers getting back a Hall of Fame quarterback would 
help sure. out that. Um, okay, Jacksonville plays these teams at home. Colts, Titans, Browns, Lions, Dolphins, Texans. Boy. Browns? Why not? Baker? Might as well. You know, throw them over there. Miami? Might Tua? As well. I don't know. That would make sense to me. So, yeah, I mean, the Colts, the Colts have – it would not shock me at all if the Colts are playing internationally this year or uh, or next. From Jake, do you think a guy like DJ Reader would be on the Colts' radar? Just 25 years old, was a Walter Payton Man of the Year candidate. It seems like a, quote, Ballard kind of guy. Yeah, I, I like Reader. The only question I have is, is he more of kind of your run-stuffing Grover Stewart and less of your penetrating three technique that is a guy that's going to play every down? Um, now, I'm not acting like the Colts – wouldn't be wise to potentially upgrade at that more of the run stuffing, um, kind of think of the the nose tackle of your th- of your three four. But I just think when you talk interior of the defensive line, that three technique, more of the slender version of the D tackle, is a bigger need. Um, but I really like Reader as a player, and I'm sure Houston wants to bring him back. From Steve, he says, "Love the podcast, Kevin. Other than drafting a quarterback, what is a realistic offseason move you believe would most benefit the 2020 Colts? The draft, free agency, and re-signing are all options." Well, thank you, Steve, for that comment. Appreciate you listening, and um, we've had a great turnout in, in Twitter questions throughout the offseason. So, um, thank you to everyone out there for continuing and listening to Kevin's Corner. The biggest uh, boy, Anthony Casanzo, to a four-year deal. Mm, lock them in. You know, I know some people might want to go Flash, might want to go Chris Jones, Clowney. Um, some people might want Jerry Judy or CD Lamb. Like, I think because he said outside of drafting a quarterback, right? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so yeah, I I would I think Costanzo means that much. What what Costanzo does, Joey, is it it saves so many dominoes mm-hmm. of sure. the attention you have to give on game day where that need falls on the pecking order as you move into future off-seasons, what it could do to Jacoby Brissett starting week one or a different quarterback starting week one. You aren't bringing an un- any free agent, any draft pick, there is unknown. There is very minimal unknown with Anthony Costanzo. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'd go with him. <laughs> this name is just funny to me. Uh, from Spanky. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm 26 years old. I... That's a name like that, and I can't get through it without uh, yeah. giggling a little bit. One day you're going to grow up. Uh, funny, reading, funny after reading your article on what characteristics the Colts want in a quarterback, Brissett only has two of the four. He's not accurate, and he doesn't process quickly. Holding on to the ball too long proves that. So why do they trade for him? Again, that was stopgap. You know, that was who's expendable out there. <laughs> Uh, it's either that or Scott Tolzien. So. Well, right, and it was Scott Tolzien for, for, for a right, game. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, wow, Scott Tolzien really sucks, and for some reason, Stephen Morris just isn't going to cut it. I mean, that, that's what it was. Shout out to Philip Walker. Yeah, big opening weekend. For, Four tutties, uh, I believe it yeah. was for him. No more emails to uh, to us. No. <laughs> Philip Colts. Walker has been promoted or has been deactivated from the practice squad. Um, yeah, I, I again, that was a quick, quick fix. It's who you're going to get at that point of the offseason, things like that. That article was written in reference to elite quarterbacks. The multiple traits that you're trying to find. Bless you. Um Ballard. Or you're drafting. Or quarterbacks you're drafting. Right. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, not quarterbacks you're trading for in an emergency situation ten days before the start of the season. So 
Um, yeah, when you talk about those traits, outside of leadership and toughness, I don't think um, Brissett is achieving the other two big ones. From Scott, I've heard you mention a, quote, leash in regards to Ballard. Do you really think this is a thing? I believe he is nowhere near that discussion yet, as he has done a fantastic job given the circumstances. I feel he is even two quarterbacks away from the hot seat. What say you? Wow, two quarterbacks away from the hot seat. I couldn't disagree more with that. Um, If you screw up two quarterback situations, you've got to go because you screw up two quarterbacks. That means you haven't gotten to the playoffs. You haven't gotten far in the playoffs. I don't know what exactly that would mean, but it would mean that you haven't done things of substance under your watch. And I mean, two quarterbacks gives you what, like eight more years? I mean, that, that would give you a long time. Um, now, I, I do think Scott's question, I don't t- totally disregard Scott's question at all. I actually think that the leash aspect, again, I don't agree with, but, or excuse me, the um, the two quarterbacks, I disagree with that part. I think it's fair to ask, should there be a leash? And I totally hear Scott out on it because I don't know where I even side on it. Because you lose Andrew Luck like you lost him. Again, does that extent, like... When I say leash, in my eyes, he's got a, I mean, Jim Irsay is walking around the park and he could wrap that leash around 15 trees. Like, it's a long, long leash. I'm not acting like it's a short one by any means, but, um, you know, it is something that I think you're getting into the point where it is a fair question to at least ponder of how did the luck retirement reassess Jim Irsay's thinking of his evaluation on Chris Ballard? Because if you do miss the playoffs this year, this coming year, that's three out of four years missing the playoffs. Does that seat begin to get hotter? If you miss in free agency or if you, you know, if you believe in Brissett for another year and then that doesn't work, you know, like other factors that could make that seat warmer. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very fair to have a conversation about Chris Bauer and the job that he's done through three years. I think any general manager, honestly, you should have that. You know, there's there there are some people out there that say, oh, John Lynch got hired the same year Chris Bauer did, and look what look look what's happened. Oof. Now, um, again, if Jimmy Garoppolo retires two weeks before the start of the season, what type of questions are you having at that point? So, um, I don't believe Ballard is on any sort of hot seat. This is a critical offseason. This is a critical year, and the seat can get a lot warmer. It's not, you know, whatever. It's whatever. It's 28 degrees or whatever it is in Indy right now. It, it can pretty good. It can get above freezing and closer to spring-type weather very quickly. That's life in the NFL. I mean, I'm sorry. That's, that, that is life in the NFL. Not for long, folks. That's what it stands for. Uh, from Chris, what players could we move to add more draft capital? Just a few solid players with decent value, third and fifth round pick quality, to add more picks, which in turn helps us move up in the first round or back in the first round without losing all of our draft capital. Who's your ideal guys? Joey, I got Yeah. I got nobody. That's that's tough. You traded Henry Anderson for a seventh round pick. Henry Anderson's a damn good football player. Mm-hmm. You got a seventh rounder for him. Mm-hmm. Hassan Ridgeway, seventh rounder. If you know, I said it on last week's air, 107.5 the fan. You know, if the Pacers could have traded TJ Leaf for a six pack of beer and big league chew, I would have done it. Like teams know the value of your current players. I don't think Quincy Wilson is yielding you much more than a six round pick. I'd be shocked. 
oh, shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, why would you trade anyone that's going to yield you higher than a six-round pick? Why are you trading them? Sure. Everyone has value to this team. Mm-hmm. So, that that are, again, the higher-level players. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, you just – you aren't going to find that, really. Right. All right, from Brett Stockglausner, our guy – he says, you guys have inspired me to start a St. Louis Battlehawks podcast. Oh, boy. For all of us starved football fans in St. Louis. I love it. We're a few episodes in already. Any tips from the pros? Oh, boy. Um, that's awesome, Brett. And I know there are several listeners that have their own podcast, and mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. You've got what? Two? <laughs> two too many that I, I can count. Say. Yeah, I got a lot. <laughs> I'm like praying when I text you, hey, does this time work for you? I'm like, please tell me that you aren't already recording or producing or doing both on another podcast. Um, You know, I would say one thing Joey and I has really, really tried hard in the now approaching 200 episodes is to be interactive and be consistent. Um, Consistent with when you produce podcasts, the quality of the podcast. um, And interactive might be the most important aspect of it all. You know, I think something that separates us from other podcasts is we take a large chunk of the time to hear you, hear fans, for multiple reasons. One, entertainment, because I love the variety of questions. And my mind doesn't go to all these places. My my mind's in different spots. And it's great to hear different things that spark discussion in my mind of like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. And also, I'm not acting like I've got all the answers. There are some extremely intelligent people that listen to this podcast on a very consistent basis. So I love hearing your thoughts, and then it gives me feedback. And, like, that kind of shapes how I go about my reporting, my covering of the team. And now I look into things that I didn't previously look into. So, um that's what I try to do here. That's what we that's what we try to do here. And yeah, and anything else you you would add, Joey? No, man. You I think you hit the nail on the head with um, consistency and, and interaction, especially starting off. You know, because it's it's tough when you start any any show unless you're yeah already you know uh, a known commodity or known person. Right. You know, at, at the start, the numbers aren't going to look that you great. You are probably. building a platform. And you got to build it, and you got to keep going. The only way to do that is by continuing to put stuff out. And, and I think entertainment is a word that I feel like when we hear it we almost always constitute humor with entertainment. It can be a huge element of it. There are entertaining podcasts because there are very humorous guests and hosts, but entertainment can also mean informative, interactive. It it can mean multiple things. The key is finding the entertainment. Right. You got to find it somehow. From Matt, Love, Lamb, Judy, and Kinlaw, all sitting there at 13. Oh, boy. Love these. Rank who you'd choose for the Colts. Chris Bauer might, might might say trade back. <laughs> trade back two spots and get one. He does it on draft night. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Um I'm team quarterback, so I would go with uh I'd go with love. So Judy, Lamb, and Kenlaw with the three others. Mm-hmm. I would like well, I'm not a big draft quarter or draft wide out of 13. I'm not like standing on tables for that. But I'm going to go with a caveat that I've taken care of interior defensive line in free agency, yeah. which lessens the importance of Ken Law. So I'll go Lamb and then Judy. And then Ken Law. Yeah, okay. and then, and then Ken okay, Law. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Man, boy. 
on if Chris if you could give Chris Bauer a card and say these four guys are going to be there at 13, he'd be like, "Yep, do your Chris Bauer impression." He'd say, "Hell yes." I yeah, I I I'm still working on that one. I'm still working on that one. <laughs> off the you know, if I sit there, I could do it off the top a little bit more difficult. All right, from Stan Cal. Would you rather have two picks in the middle of the first round but lose most slash all of our day two capital in the process or remain with our current hall of draft picks and address a larger volume of needs? Okay. Stan, one of our easily one of our most intelligent does Stan work? <laughs> well, according to his profile, he does, but uh he's got a lot of time to come up with some good stuff. God, and I love it. I love it. All right. So Stan wants to go with this route. Would you rather have fifteen and sixteen? Or would you rather have 13, 34, 44, and 75? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I would probably rather have 13, 34, 44, and 75. Yep. It, because I, I, I'm a believer in Chris Ballard drafting. I am. Um, now, I know we've talked about it. There are hits, there are misses, and not all the second-round picks have turned into gold, and some of them have turned into guys that could wear a gold jacket one day. But um, just give me a few more darts because I also like some of the depth of, like, I mean, this year proved it, Joey. I know the Colts didn't find that wideout, but, man, there were some second-round round wideouts that came in here, and they saved your fantasy football season, you know? And so I think the more darts in the early days I like because I sit here and I think quarterback, potentially tackle, defensive line and receiver yeah that's a lot for sure and those are long-term at very key positions uh from casey with a k what are the advantages slash disadvantages of signing a veteran free agent quarterback rather than staying with Brissett if there are no qbs in the draft that ballard absolutely loves okay this is a good, good question the advantage is obviously it helps you out in the immediate Short term, and it makes you a better football team in the here and now. A guy like Rivers, he'd come in here and you wouldn't worry about the playbook. So that's where it helps you because there are growing pains for a rookie quarterback, and there's more uncertainty with a rookie quarterback than there is with a free agent quarterback. So I think that's where it helps you. The grooming aspect isn't, you know, I feel like if Philip Rivers, that move were to happen, like Chris Bauer would have to sit him down and be like, I know it might be against your personality, but you've got to groom our young QB. Like, that's part of this two-year deal. that we're, We'll give you two more million. But you've got to, like, can you imagine someone saying two more million to be nice and help right. yeah. mentor Answer someone? Some questions. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'll take a $2 to get a Pop-Tart and a bag of Doritos. <laughs> um, yeah. So... That's where I think the advantage is. Uh, run me back the second part of that question there. Uh, veteran free agent quarterback, rather than staying with Brissett, if there are no quarterbacks in the draft that Ballard absolutely loves. The Colts are about to show their hand at quarterback. If they go out and sign a quarterback in free agency, I think it pretty much eliminates them trading into the top 10 to draft a quarterback. Maybe I should say more like top five. But I think it takes that off the board. So in a way, the Colts would be showing their hand a little bit of saying what they like or don't like about this 2020 quarterback class. So again, we are approaching the period here in the next month of um, 
getting into what the Colts think about not only the free agent quarterbacks, but obviously the draftable ones as well. From Sam, if the Colts move up in the draft, do you see them showing their hand and moving before the draft, or will they wait and see how the board falls? So I do think it's a good question from Sam. Basically, he's asking what they do with the Jets did a few years ago. St. Patrick's Day, the Jets trade up. Yep. And they say, screw it, we got to get above everybody. I... Boy, I, I don't think the Colts would do that, Joey. I, I mean, that is a you are because think about it. If you're moving to the top five, wouldn't that be Tua? That's Tua territory. And aren't you under the impression of you're waiting till the last minute on Tua because you need to see medicals, Angry. you need to see yeah. the pro day. So I don't like the Jets looked at it of like. Um, we're going to go to freaking three, and we'll We're take have, you know yeah, whoever okay. falls to us. Um, I don't think this draft necessarily has that sort of pecking order. Um, so, yeah. From Brian, if the four main quarterbacks, Burrow, Tua, Love, Herbert, of this draft are taken before the Colts, and the Colts aren't 100% sold on the other guys, you know, Eason, folks like that, should they roll the dice and draft one anyway or wait until next year? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you have... Uh, I mean, outside of signing Bridgewater, maybe trading for Carr, I draft a quarterback at some point. Obviously, those moves would shift a lot of, um, you know, exactly what value you need to put on that quarterback draft pick of like premium pick or middle-ish pick or late late round pick, but. I think it's time to draft a quarterback and and just have a developmental piece that you have handpicked, you have selected, he's only coming into your environment, all those things. From Tommy, I'm sure you'll talk about it before you get to questions, but what do you make of Ursay's weird tweets over the weekend? Doesn't help that some <laughs> sketchy sources tweeted out the same day that Ursay planned on reaching out to Luck in the near future. Just added fuel to the fire, and yeah, it did. I got a couple texts about it. Oh, boy. Um, so for those that missed it, I believe it was a capital L. Couple capital L's in there. And referencing the word luck. Yep. I didn't really follow everything. It was a weird tangent, man. Like talking about 2006 to 2012 and. Like why those years. All right, I'm going to pull it up. I was trying to decipher it way longer than I probably should have. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trust me. I mean that five, I wasn't driving home from Nashville. Uh, my good buddy Brian Shelbourne was, and uh, I looked at it and read it about 30 times, and I still didn't get it. Colts Nation, the horseshoe is good luck. Capital L. Capital L. Between 2006, 2012, six short years, two home AFC championship wins, and hosting a LOS Super Bowl. As Dylan says, and then he goes into some song lyric. And then he follows that up. Oh, we can't help it if we're lucky. Capitalizes that L. From the temptation. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some people honestly might be like, cool on the Super Bowl, but like after 2009, what did you accomplish as a team from 2009 to 2012? Made the playoffs, but didn't win a game. You lost to the the Jets in Peyton's last game and then lost to – Ravens in Luck's first um first season. So yeah, dude, I don't 
weird. I mean, you, you can't help but at least. Like, is he sitting there being like, watch head. this? Right. Watch my mentions? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have, uh, I, I don't make anything really of it. I don't, I, I, I think the Colts have reached out. I think the Colts have checked up on Andrew Luck, and I think Andrew Luck has let him know his current intentions, and those would be, he's content. He's he's content with his life. Sounds like he's healthy. His dad, his dad's mentioned that a lot on the oh, yeah. on the podcast here with the XFL starting up. Said Luck is like a pseudo sounding board for him. He told him about Phil Walker. Oh yeah. He told uh, he told his dad he thought Phil Walker would be a good good choice for the XFL. So yeah, him. it just uh, I can't see it happening, man. From Harry, what's your best guess for quarterback one and quarterback two, week one, 2020? Jeez. Brissett slash drafted quarterback. No free agent at all. I don't think so. Free agent to me isn't like, isn't the sexy move, right? Or is it? I mean, some people might say, wow, Phillip Rivers. I mean, unless it's. You know, Phil Rivers, big name, obviously, but unless it's Bridgewater, it'd probably be the closest thing to like a right. sexy, like oh, right. nice word. But like the draft pick, it's like pizzazz, the unknown, the intrigue, the oh my gosh, yeah. is this Mahomes or Watson or sure, or is it Brandon Whedon? Yes. From Elijah, would you rather have a very talented quarterback but with a bad attitude, somewhat like a Baker Mayfield? I don't know if he's very talented, um, or a less talented quarterback with a great attitude like Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Neither. Right. Um, yeah, we'll take Patrick Mahomes, actually. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> I, I guess you have a better chance at at improving and developing the talent than developing attitude. I don't know. Do guys can they mature in the NFL? Do you want to live through maturation stages at quarterback? Like, a quarterback can have it. Like, Philip Rivers strikes me as a guy that has a bad attitude. But he's damn passionate and damn fiery. Yeah, competitive, all that shit. You know, I, there is a difference. I know it sounds very cliche-ish, yeah. but, like, I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, an NBA athlete that I feel like has a bad attitude. Like, Russell Westbrook, bad attitude, but really competitive. So, the competitive element... I'd love that guy to be on my team. Mm-hmm. You know, bad attitude. It's like, all right, can you live with it? It's hard, though, at quarterback, because, I mean, it's so many other pieces are relying on. This isn't like Jerry Hughes is a bad attitude. Yes, he's just he's just rushing the quarterback every play. You're right. So, um, I don't know. That's such a hard question. I'm going to cop out. I like this one from Andrew Walker. I'm not going to cop out. I'll take um <laughs> I'll take a good attitude, mediocre talent, and I'll pray that I can develop the talent. There you go. Uh, from our guy, Andrew Walker, pick one, a round with Tiger at Augusta. Now, that's where the Masters are, I think, called shot played. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Golfed? Clubbed? Your lack of golf knowledge is just... <laughs> you don't even have, like, the elementary... Hey, man, I can counter with your lack of Star Wars and movie knowledge, all right? <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Uh, the Masters will be played at Augusta National. Played at Augusta National. Okay, so yeah. pick play around with Tiger at Augusta National, or you get free Donato's pizza a day for five years. Oh, my God. 
When I think of heaven on earth, this is what I think of. These scenarios. I mean. Can I do both? Can we get Donato's after the round, Tiger and I? Nope. It's an either or, man. I had Donato's on Saturday. Um, So good. God. Tiger. Yeah. Yeah, it gotta be. Mm -hmm. But man, my mouth is salivating I know. Tiger. Yeah. I feel like Tiger would enjoy some Donato's. Yeah. He used to go to Perkins a lot for uh, one of the waitresses. Yeah, that was. I probably had a meal or two. Meal, yeah, yeah. Um, probably some dessert too. Uh, from Alex, what is up with Costanzo's decision? Seems like the longer the silence, the more likely he retires. Thanks and love the show. <laughs> you know, I've Alex. This same thought has gone through my mind. We're approaching the time period, Joey, where I'm like, hmm, I thought we'd have a decision by now. Yeah. Now, like I've mentioned before on prior podcasts, if Costanzo has told the Colts that. He's coming back. The Colts aren't going to announce that. They're going to wait till they get a deal done to right. announce that. Yeah. Now, vice versa, you would think Casanzo, well, if he has retired, he would just announce it. Now, Casanzo's not a very social media. It's not like he's announcing his retirement on Instagram or anything like that. So, um, I, I don't know what to read into. I can you can give me arguments on both sides of it, and I could probably agree with that. Um. You know, we'll hear from Chris Bowden and Frank Reich in about two weeks. Maybe there's an update there. It doesn't sound like there is any update. It doesn't sound like there is a decision that has necessarily been made, or at least willing to share publicly, I probably should say. Um, but for all parties involved, it would be very wise, I think, to f- have a decision. From so, King James, not LeBron. King James, well, it's King James 23, but... Uh, is it true that Philip Rivers was spotted shopping for houses in Geist? <laughs> Here we go. I don't know about that. I think the bigger thing is enrollment for his kids in school next year. How many does he have? I believe double digits. God. Now he moved, right? He moved to the Florida Panhandle. Moved to Florida. Yeah. So people are doing the old, all right, he's close to Nashville. If they move on from Tannehill, he's close to Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I assume that's a fake question. Um, granted, didn't we get the Brady was looking at kids or looking at schools in the Nashville area? Yep, that was a well, Giselle. Giselle was. Yep. Gotcha. It's yeah. Brady. Yeah. Um, Brady punching. What would Rivers do? You think he'd just play somewhere and leave the family in Florida? Uh, I mean, if I, you just move the family to Florida, you're not moving them again right. for two years. Yeah. I mean, I, granted, you're going to be away for a long time. Like, right. and that's you're the quarterback. You're not – I saw Gerald McCoy, I, th- I believe, left his house in Tampa and just commuted from Carolina. Um, But, like, there's probably a lot more commitments of Gerald McCoy being around the facility than Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Or, excuse me. So the other way around. Other way around. Yeah. That, I mean, as weird as it sounds, I feel like it does play a factor here, right? Yeah. I mean – yeah, it, Let's yeah. Ready to move to Carmel and send him to St. Matthews. You know right, I mean? right, right. My uncle used to be the priest of St. Matthews. Um, yeah. Okay. From Hillary, if Vinny is retiring, would we have heard by now? What do you think is happening with him? You know, I think it's different than the Costanzo one, Hillary, because Vinny has made it clear that he wants to see how the rehab goes with his knee, and that's going to take a bit. So. I don't think we're going to hear Vinny retirement new. I would expect Costanzo retirement or not news before Vinny, I should say. Um, now, maybe he starts rehabbing. He's just like, screw this. This is stupid. Like, let's go hunt. Um, but I think there's at least more legitimacy of Vinatieri's got to wait and f- see how he feels physically or as Costanzo 
I think it's more mental. From Aaron, will Phillip Rivers be another carry Collins if the Colts sign him? The big question to me with Rivers is while he will throw a ton of interceptions, will he be able to make the medium throws accurately to wide-open receivers Jacoby misses? I know Rivers threw for over 4,000 yards, not under 3,000. Well, I think that's the upgrade. It's that you do have the quicker rhythm. You do have a guy that, if you look at the yards per attempt, which we know that's a key figure for Frank Reich and the staff, that yards per attempt for Phillip Rivers was pretty good last year. Um, and again, that comes from consistently hitting the intermediate stuff while also dropping in a couple of chunks. But, man, Kerry Collins, Joey. Oof. <laughs> yeah, bad times. I don't know about that. That seems drastic. Aaron Lopez says, hey, KB, what do you think of Taysom Hill? If the Saints let him go, would he be a possibility for the Colts? Now, if you would have said play golf with Tiger Woods at Augusta or get Donato's Pizza with Taysom Hill for the next five years, I might have said Donato's and Hill. Um, <laughs> you are a big Taysom Hill. Yeah, I, I, I like him. I saw he's demanding that he plays quarterback or I don't know, demanding might be a strong word. Going the Tebow route. Um, but, yeah, he is going down that road. So, um, I like him as a gadget player. I don't like him as anything more than that. From Steven, how likely are the Colts to sign a free agent quarterback? Are they more likely to draft one instead? I, I think more likely to draft one. You know, if you really like Brissett as much as you say you do and love the leadership and all of that, you know, I, I guess what you have to decide is this. Do you feel like... A two-year Philip Rivers couple of the draft pick is the route you want to go. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's actually a segment of the audience out there that would rather see Brissett than Rivers start because they feel like he's 38 years old. He's washed up. At least put the 27-year-old out there that maybe finds lightning in a bottle. Now, some people might be like, that's idiotic. Um, you know, Brissett you know, and Rivers are both on the same playing field I don't care their ages let's just go with the draft at quarterback but I, I would say draft higher than um than for agents because you still do have Chad Kelly as well you know it's not like you're in this numbers crunch at quarterback that you just have to go out there and uh and you must sign multiple quarterbacks I like this one from Kevin Rudge and this is the last one I have here Kevin what is more likely trading up to draft Tua Tagovailoa or not drafting a quarterback at all a good one right there great job Kevin more likely I think it's more likely they trade up and draft Tua wow not drafting a quarterback at I, all that's insane it has to be right when you got so many picks you already had the top half and you have so many picks like you said right you see Mike Wells' bold prediction on ESPN.com that, yep I was about to trade up for well. Tua uh, again, bold prediction. No one go tweet at Mike Wells and say, Kay Bowen said this. Right. All right. Isn't it kind of funny how we always make like, we always act like people sound dumb on Twitter like I just did, and they're all they're all like really intelligent people that probably have great jobs? Yeah, for sure. Sorry. I apologize. Joshua, I got a few more over here, Joey. Okay. Joshua, with Cincy, Miami, and LA needing QBs, where do you think the Colts need to trade up to secure one of the top four? Carolina could also need a QB at pick number seven. Um, yeah, I would assume they need to get to a six, honestly, to, to feel safe. You still got Jacksonville at nine, Detroit at three, uh, Oakland is right ahead of you, I think. Um, and I feel like there's one more here. 
Josh Rivers is like the anti Brissett. He's got next level cognitive skills and great accuracy, but he also has no escape ability. I think Rivers has a higher ceiling under Reich Sirianni, but also a lower floor if anything were to happen to our O line protection packages. You know, it, it's a fair question. You know, how many, if you look at the sack percentages, Joey, from last year, this is very interesting. Jacoby Brissett was sacked at a higher percentage than Phillip Rivers. Wow. I don't think we we would have guessed that. No. Um, Not at all. Now, my fear is like, you know, what would happen if all of a sudden you were to lose a Costanzo or a Kelly or somebody significant? Then, holy sh! I mean, then, you're, then your statue's getting exposed back there. Um, so, yeah, that'll be... A, there are some... Inter- there are very contrasting playing styles and their fits into this offense with Rivers and Bursette. All right, man. That's it. That was a good little meaty pod. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those of you that see a podcast pop into your feed tomorrow, which will be all of you, um, or if you listen to this over the weekend, disregard tomorrow, but we're going to do our annual Peyton's episode. So the Oscars were this past weekend. We'll hand out our uh, awards for local, professional, college ranks. Um, we're going to hand those out like we do each year. We'll, we'll be a much shorter podcast, but we always like to look back on the year. That was in the city of Indianapolis and state of Indiana. And, um, yeah, we're going to do that on Wednesday. And then we'll be back again with our uh, weekly Colts pods starting. Honestly, I think next week's pod, Joey, will be the last one until the combine. Crazy. And after that, we'll be recapping Ballard and Reich. He's Joel Molinaro. I am Kevin Joe, Joey Molinaro. I sounded like I said Joy, like it was your, it was your TV name. <laughs> Uh, He's Joey Molinaire. I'm Kevin Bowen. We got to end this podcast. Everybody have a great rest of the week. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.